Here's what you missed on the last episode of Colony Confidential. You want to know what the best thing was with me? You put half a $50 bill in one of these bait stations. And the guy, there's a note, bring it back, you get the other 50. And the guy would come back and go out through the whole company. <laughs> I'm sure all these bait stations got started getting checked regularly to see if they got any money inside. Yeah. And I want to just segue real quick into, we're coming into the fall and uh, just talk about a little bit tips for fall pests, maybe what you do for the fall. Are you mosquitoes done now? For October ends with mosquitoes for us. Um, what we do now is we'll point out, I mean, we don't get into gutter cleaning, but we'll let them know, you know, your gutters are stuffed with leaves now you, to induce condition, um, take care of such things like that. Um, and why don't you get into gutter cleaning? Just curious, because I know a lot of residential people do. Is it the ladder issue? Yeah, it's, well, I'm not, we're not a gutter cleaning business. I mean, I, there's a lot of add-ons once you have a residential base you can look into. Um, the gutter cleaning, to me, is just difficult because of the ladder. Um, what I do, what I am looking at is pool opening and closing and pool maintenance. Um, I'm not going to say it's a non-skilled labor. We're not going to fix anything, but we can take covers off a pool and vacuum a pool. That's something we are looking into. Um, the other thing, yeah, it's a ladder. It takes time. Um, just like Christmas lights, it's a different type of person who's going to clean the gutter than probably in the new pest control. So, and, and, yeah, you need a guy that's not afraid of heights. Yes, yeah, it's a big issue. You know, and Nick Andrewsy. Yeah. Another thing for gutter cleaning, when I first started, obviously, um, I was doing everything, residential, whatever. Um, one of the companies had this, uh, it was like a foamy, it was like, a, it was weather resistant, but you, it was, you went to the house, you got the gutter size, and then you bought this in any length you wanted, and you just fit it in the cover. It's not even a cover, it was, it was porous, so the water still got through it, yeah. but the leaves did not. The leaves did sit on top sometimes. But nothing like uh, the gutters never got clogged. But it was an add-on service for residential that a lot of people were doing, like circa 05, 06. I seen guys clean the gutters with leaf blowers. Walk the roof with a leaf blower and just blow everything in. That's just and then clean it up down below. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, and then clean up down below. But that's you know, like I said, it's a different. My guys aren't set up for that. Just like some of the wildlife stuff we talked about, my guys aren't really ready for exclusion because that's more of a handyman than pest control work. But I think the other thing that people don't think about fall. Is German cockroach, right? Bread and butter, baby. So this is the time of year. Bread and butter. Just the time of year where they start really showing up more. And it's gonna rain. You got the Orientals coming up. (laughs) But I I think the other tip is people think that it's starting to get cold, and like Carmen said, mosquitoes does not really end till October, depending on if we have what they call an Indian summer. Um that may change. What do you, are you using like the into care or anything like that? We, we have into care for certain accounts that, that are more troublesome, you know, um, or they have more conditions. Like if you're back to a wooded area, we'll recommend into care. Um, and these are all upsells, correct? They're upsells. Yeah, into care is extra on top of our mosquito program. Um, you know, people who have just drainage issues in their backyard, they're never going to fix, you know, we'll, we'll upsell the into care system, um, which has worked really well. Do you ever notice a Christmas rush on the residential accounts? I've never noticed it. Um, I would think the rush is usually post-COVID or pre-COVID, pre-COVID is now, right? Camp, everybody come back from camp, their summer houses, et cetera. Yeah, I do. I mean, our busiest month is probably, it depends on weather breaks. It's been May, April, May, um, usually because the bugs are coming out and people want to, want to take care yeah. of them. But we've, where in the past, August would be slower 
because everyone already signed up. It's it was pretty consistent this year, and I think it's because of COVID. I, we used to get a rush, maybe a little before Thanksgiving, and it'd go all the way to Christmas or whatever, and then it would die down, and then uh, yeah, January, February, March, you started seeing something, so forth and so on. The, the back of the, the monthly billing method, it also makes it easy as a business to carry your residential guys all winter long. So we don't do layoffs. Some some companies will lay off in the winter of the residential service tax. Um, I, I don't think that's a good model because I think it's hard to get good guys. So if you have good guys, you want to keep them. But if you bill monthly, you don't have to worry about, you know, budgeting yeah. because your money's there. That's yeah. also how a lot of companies get into um, Christmas lights or yes. other stuff because they take their summer help keep them and then they in the winter they're doing lights or yeah. which is very, right now lights christmas lights in our industry is one of the hardest things to get insured for because of the the extensive ladder work yeah well but, yeah. talk to somebody out in uh up at dyker heights there around 84th street see see how they manage it oh my god yeah you ever been there for the for the christmas lights in dyker heights program? no no I'll show you videos when we get off here. It's uh, it's it's like a one Christmas wonderland. Some of the stuff they got there is unbelievable. My technicians, I don't think they would do a neat job. Like they're good technicians, but to install Christmas lights, like I know someone who's in our area who does a lot of Christmas lights, and he had said to me that he started hiring outside people to do lights because his guys, number one, didn't want to do it, and number two, that's not what they're cut out for. So you know, right. they hot glue, use a hot glue gun to glue the lighting, the wires up. They're sloppy with it. Um, so, you know, that's a struggle to certain things to get on. It's funny you say that. I was talking to, um, what's Rob's title now? I saw a fancy title on it there. Was Vice he, President of Operations? Uh, I, I give titles out. I saw something like VP of Business Development. That might be it, yeah. Right so, I was talking to, uh, Coleman's VP of Business Development yesterday, and, uh, we were just talking about, um, the, the attention to detail stuff, and I told him about Predictive Index. So, but we're talking about getting good people for that particular predictive index is the behavioral assessment we use. And I was just showing it to his, his guy, um, how we use it. I showed him Anthony's profile. And then I said, Anthony, how accurate is this profile? He was like, Oh my God, it's 99.9% .9 accurate. But the cool thing about that, I see your hand up, Mr. Sheehan. Give me a second. The cool thing about that thing is for that particular job, you can set up the perfect person and what their behavioral assessment should read. And with that, you would want somebody who's neat, detail-oriented, uh, critical thinking, something along those lines. And then when you're hiring for that position, you know, okay, this person is gonna fit. You could even have in that system, this is what a pest service tech is, this is what a salesman is, this is what an ARAP person is, this is customer service rep. And then when you send it out for new hires, you know, okay, this person fits this role. And on the other hand, you might have an amazing interview with somebody who's servicing, coming in for a service position, and they might read off the charts for a technician position, and you might, or not for a sales position, and you might, in the interview, one, the predictive index gives you interview questions, which is awesome based off their behavioral assessment. But in the interview, you could say, yo, do you ever think about doing sales? And you might get an amazing salesperson based off their behavioral assessment that doesn't even realize that that's a great job fit for them. So it's funny, I was telling Rob about it, and I told Rob the price, he was like, it's not really a lot of money, but. So. What was your question? Last night, 
I went on line and I played back Sean Newell's assessment of us and I'm a lot better today, not interrupting you. Remember she went over the thing that you and me need to work on or where we were short, short at? We interrupted each other too much? What do you mean, the thing? She did the assessment, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm better than you because I'm a maverick. I got it. And, uh, Such a douche. <laughs> beg your pardon. Anyway, one of the things she said is that we interrupt each other. And I've been pretty good not interrupting. So that's one of the really cool things about it is it explains your relationship with the people you work with and how to communicate better with each other. It tells you how you communicate well, tells you how to communicate poorly, and it tells you how to change the way you do things poorly, which is awesome. But um, all right, let's segue into another real quick, uh, real quick, we'll see how quick it is. As discussed, Carmen and I uh, network all the time. We, we, we talk about what we're doing. Um, Carmen mentioned Voice for Pest. When we were trying to switch phones, he mentioned it to me, let me come to his office, look at it. We ended up going with it. Um, I use PCO bookkeepers. Carmen, you know, he, he, was, he was reluctant. Then he started using them. But that has come to an end, right? It has come to an end, yes. yes uh, it's like, don't recommend something and then I'll try it and then when I complain about it, oh, I fired them six months ago kind of thing. You know, and that's what kind of happens. But a lot of the stuff, he told me to use ADP. I use ADP and then I asked him how it's going. I got rid of them too. So, uh, you know, we bounce ideas off each other and we sometimes have similar um, outcomes, I guess. Yeah. So the lesson here is when you recommend something and somebody's going to use it, you need to tell them when you're shit canning. Yeah, my, our buddy Jeff was coming in today too. He does this to me often as well. Tell me how great something is and I'll check it out and then I'll sign up to it. And then six months later, I'm like, Jeff, this is, you know, I have this problem. Yeah, I tried them two months ago. I'm like, all right, thanks. In my defense, <laughs> I'm always like, like when I got with, so the ADP that he's talking about is a PEO, Professional Employment Organization. And I fell in love with the idea more so than ADP. We have a new PEO that, and that, that, so we have a new PEO and I have a new guy that's like a PEO broker. And I was just telling comment about this yesterday. And I said, you can call him and give him all the information and he shops it to what he feels is the best one for what your business is. So ADP was not the best for my business, but the concept was amazing. Uh, they sold me on so many things that weren't really true. Um, and I, I may have forgotten to tell Carmen. I think that's because when Carmen first tried to do it, he told me, yo, they asked me for too much stuff and they asked me for it twice, even though I gave it to them. And, and I was like, yo, I'm sorry about that. So I didn't think he was moving forward with it, to be honest. I, I don't have the, um, the PO piece. They're actually trying again to get me the numbers. And my issue runs into the health insurance and they can't compete with my health insurance. So this, yes, this dates back. I'm going to call on you in a second, Ms. Sheehan. This dates back to what you say all the time. If you do something great, stick to what you do great. ADP, in my opinion, is probably the best at payroll, doing payroll. Everything else that they try and dip their pinky in, they fuck up. PEO, workers' comp, health insurance, they just they don't do a good job at it, and it's because it's not what they're great at. So it's, it goes back to what you say. What were you going to say, sir? What does PEO stand for? If you were listening, it's Professional Employment Organization. 
Okay. So basically a PEO comes in and will run, they'll do payroll. Like, so the one we have now, they do payroll. They have an app for time and attendance. They provide you with an HR consultant, a safety consultant, dedicated specialist for your payroll, 401k. They help you, uh, they actually do our workers comp and our EPLI insurance, which is employment practice liability insurance. So they, and, and because they're so big, they're able to get really low rates on comp. For us, they beat our health insurance. Uh, that's not the same for Coleman with what, what he's been shopping, but they beat our health insurance. And um, the first year that we got with a PEO, I think the savings was over like $30,000. Tell me again, professional, what organization? Organization. Okay. I got to write that down. So here's the crazy thing about this. You, Colony Pest Management no longer has a state unemployment insurance number. Why not? Because the PEO handles all of that and all the un unemployment claims go to them. And then they fight it if they, they, so part of it is too, is like being detail oriented. We'll input if somebody's terminated um, and we terminate them for whatever reason, it's all inputted. Um, if they, if they quit, then we give the, we upload the resignation letter so that they can decide whether or not to uh, fight it or just give the person unemployment. So Carmen tiptoed around us. He may not want to talk about it. PCO bookkeepers. Um, so I was a big proponent of them and uh, Carmen and I have spoken a lot about this, but why did you end up leaving? If you're okay with talking about it. I'm okay with it. So, um, all nice guys, um, but they make the same mistake all the time. And I'll say, we'll call it communication. The communication was poor, in my opinion. Um, so I had issues with it time and time again. As far as the details of that, they reconciled my checkbook. I would leave on a Friday, I would have $30,000. I come in on a Monday, I'd have negative $7,000. And there was no communication as far as why or what they were doing. And half the time, we would spend our whole Monday fixing what they did which was a mistake. So my problem was with communication. I was a big proponent of them and I still think for the, for this, if it's the right fit, it's the right fit. The metrics that they give you, you can get on your own. And that's Carmen told me that for five years, you can get on your own, but you know, uh, again, slowly you get what you could get it on the information they give you. You can get on your own and run oh. your own reports, but right. theirs is like at a snap of a finger. So I like that. Um, and our friend Julius from Bowtie Limousines was reading a book and told me um, successful people spend money to save time and unsuccessful people spend time to save money. And this is one of the, I think I might even have said that to Carmen. He was like, All right, I'm going to try it. Because one, you're either not running those reports every month because it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a daunting task yeah. or two, it's a daunting task. You're spending all that time on the report. Um, so I've, I've always been a big proponent of PCO bookkeepers. We did have some issues in the very beginning communication wise. And I, I always chalk that up to they're a large company. They have employees. You're only as good as your worst employee. And, and we may have gotten one of their worst employees. Recently, uh, my biggest issue is um, they're very smart at what they do. They're accountants, right? I didn't go to school for accounting. Um, I know accounting because I run a business and I had to pay attention to it. Um, 
but sometimes the, the communication is a little bit off, but um, I, I don't know if the word is condescending at times. I know you had felt like that at times, like where they think you don't know. They think you like, okay, I, I, I went from zero dollars to having 20 or however many people you work for you. Like yeah. you're not a schmuck. You hired them because they're professionals, but you, you do know what you're doing to some extent. You're hiring them to be the professionals and do it right. So I think that was some of it. And look, sometimes relationships last for a certain amount of time, and then you, you grow out of each other. I think that PCO bookkeepers has their specific niche that they want, that type of client, and it's not me. They want residential. Yeah, I and don't even think that. reports work for residential companies. Uh, we and Joe talk about this a lot. They have great reports. It's awesome. But their metrics compared to performance, you can't compare a, a commercial company to a residential company because it, it's not the same. Right. And I think that the one thing that I found time and time again with them, they don't enjoy being challenged, right? Like they expect, and this is what I'm saying, like, this is, that's their business model. They want a specific customer that believes in what they do and thinks everything they do is great. And that's it. And it just, it's, you know, it's not us. It's certainly not me. I had a great relationship with them. It's, it's, it's coming to an end at the end of this year and that's fine. Um, no real hard feelings on my part. I okay, certainly okay. believe. Who ended the relationship? Oh, they did. <laughs> they ended the relationship because I asked too many questions. That's my opinion. Most of you know me, know that I'm very direct and I don't, uh, what's the right word? I don't sugarcoat anything because I just- Learn cost effective. Yeah, it's just, it's a waste of time for me to tell you how I'm frustrated with you and be nice. Especially if you're a vendor and like we're on the same level kind of, you're a business owner, I'm a business owner. I don't really have to be nice to you or I don't have to worry about your feelings when I'm telling you how mad I am that you didn't do the exact thing that I told you to do. With employees and team members, it's completely different. You have to work with them and, and talk to them a little different and you figure that out. But with somebody who's a vendor of mine, I'm just very direct. And that's why I say I don't think they enjoy being questioned. You know, when I had to, when we ended, when we decided to end the relationship, when they decided to end the relationship, I asked a, a, few, a couple of questions. I laughed at their answers because to me, they weren't real answers. I just, and then, Every time they said it, I said, oh, so basically it's just that we ask too many questions and we challenge you. And I said, that's fine. If, if that's your business model, I get it. It was a great couple of years. I got a lot of um, good tips from them. I would still recommend them to uh, yeah, certain people. I wouldn't say they're bad. They're not bad at all. Just no. Sometimes you outgrow them or your business model doesn't match with theirs. But there is a decent job. They do give you some good information. Yeah. So, you know. So thank you for being candid about that. No problem. As was I. I had to pull out of you that you argued. You know, you, I don't know if you're gonna tell that, but it's the best part of the story. Yeah, yeah. He came to my office very fired up because that just had happened and he was not in a good mood. Uh I don't know how fired up I was. I uh, maybe I was I you know what it is? I almost had to walk in his office hat in hand and tell him he was right. That's what was more upsetting. <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear. Well, look, and look, the bottom line is, is that um, we're business owners and sometimes relationships don't work, whether it's with a customer or a vendor or whatever. And um, well, at least they, you tried. Yeah, they handled it very professionally. I did, too. Um, Shocking. I did. OK. I have witnesses. And you told them. Did he teach you how to, how to handle things? 
No, Joey, Joey uh, is a lot calmer than me. If, if, if I, um, if you told me you were going to do something, a vendor or some shit, <laughs> fuck you. You didn't do it. A lot of cursing and nasty but, shit. So you also came up at a different time when, when people weren't as soft as they are now. And we, we jokingly talk about this, but um, even when I first got into business in the early 2000s, you went to work every day. It rained, it snowed, there were two feet of snow. Yeah, you, you shoveled and you yeah, waited and you went to work. I went to work. Right? And, and, and that was what it was. And now, um, what I like to say, the wussification of America has changed that. But the good thing about that is, is customers never used to understand because they were, they were, they never, what do you mean not coming? I'm at work, so what? There's 18 inches of snow. So the country but became now they soft. understand. So I had someone, and he's a great employee. Um, he tried to call out on Monday, and I say tried to call out on Monday. Um, he texted me, and he said, my wife sprained her ankle. I won't be in the work today. And I said, as your boss, you have days, you can take it off. As your friend, what does your wife's ankle have to do with you coming to work? And he didn't say anything for like 10 minutes. And then he texted me and said, my wife feels the same way I'll be in at work. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about softness, a little soft. One, one, of the, one of the nastiest things I ever did, I'll never forget it, but it had to be done. Allegedly, but this, this guy, a good worker, his son was born with half a brain or something. I don't know what it was. So he wasn't coming in. So he used up all his sick time. And about a week of, we still paid him, even though he had no time. And I used to go to Barbados for the month of February. So now it's like the middle of January. So I told, get him in here. So I had, I told him, listen, Barnes, what do you do in the hospital? Me and my wife just sit there and cry. I go, well, I don't mean to be a prick, but these are three people that want your job. What do you think it'd be like in this place if I don't go to Barbados for a month? He goes, oh. I said, yeah. So you need to think about coming back tomorrow. Otherwise, you don't have a job. He came back. And he had moved to Pennsylvania. So he finally, I told him, get a job in Pennsylvania because you're going to kill yourself driving in here. Finally got a job. So he got the exit interview. He goes, I want to say something. I said, oh, shit. What is it? He goes, I don't always agree with what you did, but you were always up front. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. What does he mean? So I appreciate your directness. So it stayed friends, but it's still like something I did that I, hmm, maybe. But you know what? Personally, it was wrong, but business-wise, it was the right decision. You can't think about the two in the same sentence because they're not the same. Thank you. I've just been forgiven. God bless you. So another thing, just to give you, uh, mine and Carmen's bromance began at uh, PMP's uh, Wealth, what is it called? Growth Summit? Growth, uh, growth Summit. We would love to go back again, but they banned us for going too many years in a row. This bromance, is it like me and Dave DeRay from Boston? No, Carmen and I never are this close, and we've never kissed each other anywhere, not even on the cheek. Okay. Dave, I mean, you've been molested by Dave multiple times. <laughs> but so, you know, obviously he's from Jersey. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, and whatever. We, you know, we met the first time. There was some trepidation. Then we saw each other in some other places. And uh, Carmen has canines. We have canines. So that was part of the beginning. Um, 
and Kalman got into the game relatively early, just like we did. When did you get your first canine? Like 2007. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, Oz was 08, so you got in the game before me. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe him, because I know he knows I was in 08, and trying to beat us, but that's fine. I can show you. You can prove it. I can oh, show you a birth so certificate, too, but the dog was a year and a half when so I got it. Andrew is 13, right? And that was, what, how many years ago? So that's, yeah, that's uh, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but all jokes aside, like, like, look at what we're doing today, right? And, and I think we're going to continue to do stuff like this, uh, certainly with the canine training, um, just because it, it, it's great. Um, but here's a good question. I kind of know the answer, but I've been talking about that our canine stuff is down by 50% yeah. due to COVID. Well, what's going on with yours? Uh, ours, uh, that was the first thing that came one of our big canine jobs. I was telling you about it yesterday. Um, we're six units into a 200-unit sweep, and they canceled it because the governor came out and made a statement. Um, it, it was done for a while. We were doing nothing. Obviously, it's preventative maintenance. Um, most of our canines done is in apartment complexes and senior homes, so they weren't allowing us in. Uh, it's starting to pick up again, but it, we're way down for the year. Probably 80% down number wise year. year to year. Yeah. 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 That's we're down about 50%, but we've seen, um, we've seen an increase in September. We had some, I mean, we had, oh God, we had, we had six figures worth of guaranteed work for 2020 that um, all, even though it was in their budget, they took that money from, to get the canine sweeps and put it into other budgets where they were lacking, most likely the cleaning and disinfectant budget. But uh, we had some pretty good accounts. So even though we're still good, like we're down 50%. So it's been crazy. What about bed bugs? Have you seen with the residential? What have you seen? Well, I don't have a ton of residential, mostly commercial. Um, the last month was very, very good. So now that things are opening back up, my bed bug numbers are probably up slightly, but you know, but he's looking right I'm now. I'm looking right now, yeah. This is the cool uh, thing about technology. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for a while, it was really, it was scary. It was because we weren't getting into units, didn't know what was going to go on. But now that it's back to normal, we did a, a rather large clean out um, as far as bed bugs last month. So, it's probably off a little bit, but I could tell you in about 30 seconds. Isn't that amazing, Sheehan? What? He's going to be able to tell us exactly what it is. And, Less than a minute. He's running the report for the month. This is another thing about our industry that is amazing in pest control. Here you have me and Carmen that actually operate in similar areas. Uh, technically, you could probably say we're competitors. We share all this stuff. When COVID first started, we actually shared this exact report um, with each other. It's called sales by service report and just showed what we were on track to do for the year because we had that We had that first quarter under our belt. Thankfully, it's enough to make you want to shoot yourself. Yeah, my bed bugs are off. Why? Um, Down that much? Because of COVID, because the growth, like oh. the growth rate for my company, we were at 37% average growth for the first quarter, which is not normal because, not that it's not normal, but the numbers were just through the roof and now we are flat for the year as of the end of this month. My bed are um, I'm not very good at math when it comes to the percentages, but it's up, we'll say, about 30,000 compared to last year. 
the ugly thing is the canines is down about a hundred thousand dollars for the year or the month for the year well you know in my own experience that you hit a you hit a place plateau then you hit a dip you just got to keep moving and grooving and uh like like with the covid what did you what did your stocks look like in the end of march like shit and now back up again yeah like i said it's, it's getting it's getting better I'll, I'll end the year off you gotta hang up there with the dips in the and you know what if you do that after you get a dip within a year you're back up and ahead of the game as long as you keep your head down and keep working I will say this, I learned what clients were um, really like more of a relationships. Um, I had several clients, even though we weren't doing, this is on the commercial side, I do a lot of multifamily. Even though we weren't going into units, they were still paying their, their full bill because they understand that trying to run a business and to them they already budgeted the money, uh, which was pretty helpful. Um, and then you have others do the complete opposite, but you learn a lot too when stuff gets tough. And so here's a good question I ask a lot of people. And I think your answer was, you've never had a down month, right? Like since month over month. Yeah, I have. I've had down months. Yeah, month over month for for the first let's say I'm in business 15 years. For the first 13 and a half years, it was up every single month. Um, but I now what happens with the residential piece is July and August are always great, so it's hard to keep you know steady all right. your unless you do the right. monthly billing should help me keep steadier. Yeah. Oh, I got a question for Carmen. Do you ever go out personally and just go in and schmooze with the high-end customers? How yeah, you doing? all the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny because we were talking about this yesterday um, with just being fully operational as a business, and I was telling—I don't know if I was telling you or Rob. I'm even telling you both. But I was saying that we identified something probably about seven years ago when I'm left alone to do my own thing, those are the years that we've had 40, 50% growth, right? So this is a conversation with me and Chris where um, at times for budgetary reasons, we may not wanna hire or whatever. And we've come to the realization now, like let's just get that position filled because if Chris is firing all cylinders, him, is him in his position and his team is crushing it, then I'm out here meeting with the clients, doing the networking. I mean, you probably remember when I was out networking four nights a week, Monday through Thursday, and we were just crushing it. That was the year we did like 48% growth. And then the following year, I think was like 51. It was just ridiculous. But that's part of, you know, what, what we're trying to build is like, our main focus is always maintaining relationships because for everybody out there listening, it's easier to keep an existing customer and cheaper than trying to get a new one. So that, that's our overall goal. Absolutely. Yeah. It costs five things. times more to get a new customer and keep an existing customer. Correct. Yeah. And, that, and it, like all of these things about even like to get a new technician costs anywhere between 18, depending on your market, maybe you could say 15 and 25,000 to train and get a new service tech up to speed. So what's the better deal like we used to be quick to terminate people after a few times of doing the same mistake. And what we've learned is to coach them now. And we have all this stuff in place, like three strikes, whatever. It's not really three strikes, but we try and coach you on how to be better. And, and if you can't, then, then we let you go. But our focus is on retention and retraining 
and trying to make sure they get it instead of just being like, yo, you don't go get out of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Mr. America? Mm, oh, when you get off here, call me. Okay. Um, Other than that, um, how are the kids? Uh, I will talk about that when I call you. Um, <laughs> do you good. have any questions for us, Paul? Uh, no, it was good. I liked it. I liked it. I, uh, the one thing I need, we need to get Jose and, and your father on a podcast because it'll be gold. Yes, radio gold. All right, so once again, it's Joey Buns. We're out here in New Jersey with our good friend Carmen from Anchor Pest and Anchor Canine. That's Carmen Reno. just want to thank him for coming on today. I think it was great, and uh, I think we got a lot of uh, good information. Thanks for having me. Mr. and Miss America, all the ships at sea. I want to thank you for listening. And Carmen Reno from Anchor Pest Control from New Jersey on with us today. This shows you the free change of ideas that goes on in a lot of pest control with a lot of pest control companies and makes our industry stronger. So Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Until we meet again, God bless you.